0: Right, welcome to the weekly soccer pub edition of Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, about to be joined by Tom Rennie, lead commentator and editor at TalkSport, also host of the Grumpy Pundits on Sirius XM uh, and a West Ham tragic, which we'll try not to touch upon too much. And then we'll get some best bets at the end of the show, but let's welcome in Tom now. Tom, good to see you, mate. i got to say, uh, your Twitter uh, is one of my favorite follows, at Thomas J. Rennie. Uh, love Hearing your therapy about West Ham, uh, it's uh, magnificent, gives me great pleasure. Maybe it doesn't give you great pleasure. Um, before we jump into some of the markets, what, what are your big picture thoughts on, uh, on West Ham season? Where are you at at the moment?
2: Oh, don't ask me things like that. I was in a good mood here. It's a lovely sunny day in London. I've had the morning off. I went for a Quite run. Right. Why are you asking me about West Ham? I mean, look, I, broadly, the season has been rotten like rotten, awful season. One of the worst seasons West Ham have had since they were relegated with Avram Grant uh, 10, 12 years ago. Um, And in another season, I think 34 points at this stage might see them still in trouble because there's a group of teams on 30 points who I don't think will get above 34 with five to go. I think they'll be safe, but they'll be safe having beaten no one of worth all season long. And the frustrating thing is that as a West Ham fan, you know you're not going to win almost anything in your, in your career supporting the team, but or in this conference league, a competition specifically <laughs> designed for rubbish teams to win a trophy. And we've somehow got to the semi-final without playing anybody any good. Um, and all I want to do is win that trophy. They've got AZ Alkmaar next week, but they just need two more measly points to get to 36. And 36 gets you up in the Premier League and has done every year for 20 years. So just get that. Focus on the Conference League. The Premier League should win every year. The Premier League team should win every year and I'll be happy. But until then, it's essentially been 10 months of constant anguish. Thanks for asking. Uh,
0: yeah. I like Fiorentina to win the Conference League, by the way, Tom. Well, that's gonna be, <laughs> But
2: that's looked like the final for a long time, right? That's yeah, looked like the yeah. final. And I think that they're a really good team, scoring lots of goals. Yeah, Jovic up front looks like he's rejuvenated his career. That's great. But I think West Ham can beat Fiorentina as Fiorentina can beat West Ham. So it's going to yeah. be a great final if they get there. I just want to be safe. Be safe, and then I'll be in Prague watching the game. And if we lose the final at that point, then uh, I'll cope.
0: Yeah, exactly. A lot of good drinking spots in Prague too um, for you. All right, let's talk about a team that's not going to get relegated. That's Manchester City. Uh, Right now, they are favourites to win three different competitions, the Premier League, the FA Cup and the Champions League. I think this is the best kind of iteration of Pep City, Uh, the most complete one. They just look like a Terminator T1000 outfit at the moment, just with that kind of defensive brawn to go with De Bruyne and Haaland and all their flashy superstars. Uh, Mm. Do you think they do the treble or do you think that Madrid or Arsenal or United will get them?
2: It's a fascinating question, isn't it? I think the Premier League is going to be one. So we can, I think we can, can knock that off now. I, I can't see them being beaten by any of the teams that are left. Plus, I think Arsenal's run uh, with Newcastle and, and Brighton to come, I think, in the next couple of games is going to be too difficult for them to, for them to maintain. So the Premier League is going to be one probably before the penultimate week of the season. I think they'll win the FA Cup as well. Um, because Manchester United are just not quite at the Man City level at this moment in time. I think Erling Haaland against a weaker Man United defence. I mean, most people watching that can see how that's going to work out. The Champions League is interesting. It's really interesting because I think they're in the final now, essentially. This is the two teams that should be in the final. This is the two teams that are the best two teams in the Champions League this season. If I was Milan or Inter... Um, I'm delighted that I'm getting through to the final here because the other two teams are significantly better. We could beat them on our day, but across two legs in a semi, I think it's it's not going to happen. Um, in terms of squad quality, I'd pick Man City over Real Madrid. In terms of quality of centre-forward, even though they have Karim Benzema, I'd still pick Manchester City because of the diabolical monster that is Erling Haaland. 34 goals in 30 league games, 50 in all competitions, 50 actual goals for one bloke and the season's not even over, that is full-on insanity. Um, So I'd pick him, defensively even. Look at Real Madrid with people like Nacho and Rudiger. Would I rather have John Stones and Ruben Diaz? Yes, I would. So every single element points towards Manchester City. But um, as as people who gamble, as you and I do, it's not ever wise to bet against Real Madrid. That's, That's all I'll say on that. I think definitely to... But I just have a feeling Real Madrid will win the Champions League because that's just what happens.
0: Yes, I, uh, I'm still scarred a couple of years ago being invested on Man City to win the Champions League. And then Pep did whatever he did against uh, Leon, uh, which I'm still uh, reeling from. I think Raheem Sterling might have missed a wide open goal mm. as well. So, yeah, there's always that element in this matchup last year. Uh, it looked done. Look completely done, uh, and then Madrid Madrided their way through. I do think it is a red flag that this Madrid team. I mean, they're 14 points back of a mm-hmm. Barcelona team. They got knocked out by Man United in the Europa League. So this Madrid team isn't as good, but can never count them out. Uh, a team that you can count out this year is Liverpool, who are sitting fifth. Really weird season for Liverpool. Uh, I mean, it's still it looks like they're going to lock in the top six, but and. Newcastle and United, they're also effectively locked into the top six. So, I mean, what do you make of Liverpool at the moment and who do you think is most likely to join them in the top six out of teams like Tottenham, Villa and Brighton?
2: I think with Liverpool, the issues are pretty clear at this point. I think we, we've all spoken about it so much this season that it's been boiled down to some pretty obvious answers. Number one, the midfield has simply not had enough quality in it. In the last few years, they've lost uh, Jorginho Vinaldum. He was never really replaced. I don't think Fabinho's had a good year this year. Um, and I think there's players around Fabinho that have not been anywhere near the previous quality. Jordan Henderson gets slightly off the pace every single year. Naby Keita has never stepped up to that particular level of quality. Baizetik and uh, Elliot have done quite well. James Milner, I think, is 76 years old now. So there's all sorts of issues there. The midfield needed refreshing. They're two players short, box-to-box. High-energy midfielders needed to be bought. For whatever reason, they couldn't buy players of the required quality. Maybe it's not having as much money as the sovereign wealth funds they compete against. Maybe it's bad scouting. Maybe they spent too much money on strikers. Uh, I'm not sure the reason. But the midfield has not been able to pull off the all-action heavy metal style that Jurgen Klopp requires. You add that to the fact that Virgil van Dijk has looked not as good as he used to be. Still not awful, but it's clear he's not the defender he was two, three seasons ago when he was one of the best players any of us have ever seen. His partners, Kanate, Matip, all been injured at spells this season. Joe Gomez continues to be good, then bad. Alexander-Arnold, great going forward, not great defensively. And up front, they lost Sadio Mane. It was a huge loss. I think we all underestimated the loss that it was. Only now, as Cody Gakpo started to deliver, Darwin Nunez has not been consistently good. And Mo Salah, despite having a decent season, has not had a season compared to his his previous 25-30 goal haul. So all the issues are evident. But I will say I went to the West Ham-Liverpool game a couple of weeks ago. And they, on the downslope on the, the final 10 games, Liverpool always find a way. And they're now grinding out results, grinding out victories, coming from behind to win games, coming from behind to draw against Arsenal a few weeks ago. Um, when they have a goal in front of them, when they can focus and be pointed towards something by Klopp. They always find a way to get results. So I think fifth is pretty much assured for them at this point. I think it's 56 points currently. I don't think they'll catch Manchester United because they need to lose three of the final six or seven. So that's not going to happen. I think it's six games left for Man U as we speak. Maybe they'll lose to Brighton. Maybe they'll draw against West Ham. But there's winnable games down there for, for Man United. Of the other teams, the amazing thing to me is that going into the game the weekend at Anfield, Tottenham were the fifth best team in the country. Yeah. isn't isn't that mind-blowing isn't that it's incredible Mm -hmm. like and I can see why Tottenham fans are upset by the way this season has gone but you know you don't have any real worries you were the fifth best team in the country somehow this season they have been awful to watch utterly diabolical no entertainment value no quality beyond Harry Kane no one has really had a spectacular season and yet Antonio Conte, before going, managed to guide them to fifth. There was then the Conte meltdown. They then, for some reason, hired the janitor and Christian Stellini for four games, which was disastrous. They then have brought in Ryan Mason, who at least has given a bit of professionalism and pride about Tottenham Hotspur, which was lacking under Stellini, certainly in the in the Newcastle game. But I think they might blow it, and they might blow it because... They've dropped so many points in recent weeks and conceded so many goals. It might come down to goal difference with Aston Villa, with Brighton, and maybe even Brentford too, as they compete for top seven. Plus, we talk about Conference League. I mentioned it about West Ham earlier. West Ham are delighted to be in the Conference League. Villa would love to be in the Conference League. Brighton, Brentford too. Tottenham would spend the yeah. entire year besmirching it. They don't want to be in it. Last time they were in it, they had to cancel a game for whatever reason, it may have been a COVID reason, and just decided... No, let's not rearrange it. Just can- Just cancel it. Just, just cancel <laughs> it. I'm not bothered. So I hope they don't go in that league because they will denigrate it. Um, and I think for Tottenham's sake, it'll be good for them to drop out. Personally, I'd love to see Liverpool, Villa and Brighton in European football because they've all been at times great to watch this season. Tottenham, not so much.
0: Yeah, I think Brighton will ultimately get sixth. Uh, you mentioned 76-year-old James Milner. A guy who's eight years younger than James Milner is Sam Allardyce at 68 years old. I know this is your favorite topic, Tom. Uh, so he tweeted about it earlier. So we bring that up. Sam Allardyce returns the uh, break glass in case of emergency uh, for those listening. Uh, Sam Allardyce is back in the Premier League. It just seems absolutely bizarre that they've done this with four games left. They're hovering just outside the relegation zone leads on goal difference uh, ahead of Nottingham Forest and others.
2: Uh, Why don't you like this move, Tom? Well, look, it's, it's it's so odd. It's just so odd, right? The cliche has been for many a year, you're in relegation trouble, what do you do? You call Big Sam. He came in at Crystal Palace. He came in at Everton. He came in at Sunderland. He came in at West Bromwich Albion. And at Sunderland, Palace, and Everton, he kept them all up. At West Brom, he did not. He's already been at Newcastle, Bolton, Blackburn, and West Ham. And in those years, he had relegation battles in the Premier League, famously keeping Bolton up with, uh, with uh, 40 plus points. West Ham went down that year, 2003, 42 points. No one has ever gone down since with over 40 points. The line has been around 36. So he has this reputation as a, he calls himself Red Adair, uh, which is essentially uh, a man from a hundred years ago who you'd call in to save the day. Right? So this is who Allardyce thinks he is. And to a point that is true, but the days of kind of Allardyce football of, of long past, he plays in straight lines. He gets teams to be fully committed. He gets them to knock it in the channel, win a corner, rough up the opponent. Now, If he came into Everton or he came into Nottingham Forest or even came into West Ham, for example, the squads they currently have. I can see it. He's coming into Leeds United, who have been managed by Bielsa and Jesse Marsh. And we can kind of forget Javi Grazio at this point. (laughs) But Jesse Marsh and Bielsa, and Marsh was meant to be like Bielsa, but not totally mad. um, They are football players. They are delicate, tippy-tappy footballers. Sam Allardyce literally hosts a podcast called We Don't Like Tippy-Tappy Football. (laughs) I mean, it just, he isn't going to be able to turn this around with these types of players in this short space of time, in my opinion. The first two games, well, the first one is, is Manchester City at the weekend, Saturday. It's then a game against Newcastle, I think, so not much joy there. It's then West Ham and I think maybe Tottenham the final day, certainly a tough game on the final day. Now, if he wins that West Ham game, and that's a possibility, West Ham might have lost every game to that point. They still were only on 33 points and they'd still be below West Ham and potentially the others by that game. But I don't see how he can turn this around in this time frame to get the points required. And I read a couple of weeks ago when Dean Smith went in at Leicester and what was that, maybe a month ago, a little bit less, no manager has ever been appointed from the 1st of April onwards and kept a team in the Premier League. Everyone appointed from that time onwards has got that team relegated. So if six weeks isn't enough, if eight weeks isn't enough, there's no way four weeks is enough with the first game against Manchester City. Leeds are in total free-falling panic. They should have stood by Jesse Marsh if they were going to do this heavy Grazia thing. When they've done the Grazia thing, I know results have gone badly, but they should have seen it out with him. To bring in Allardyce now... I don't know. I wish him well as long as my team don't go down, but I don't I just don't see it. The fit is bizarre. It's like going from a Picasso to graffiti on the train, going from Bielsa to Allardyce. It makes no sense.
0: Yeah. Tom, you know what my favorite Allardyce story is? It's from uh Michael Cox's book, The Mixer, which is a wonderful book. Uh and in that he details how when Allardyce was at Bolton, I think back in 2003, and they just brought in Kevin Davies. And Kevin Davies, is very overweight when he came in. So Allardyce brings him into his hotel room for a chat about how Davies, he's got to take care of his body, and it's really important to do so. Uh, And people are calling you, Kevin, the Budweiser king behind your back, and you need to take care of yourself, which would be fine, except while he was doing that, Allardyce was in a, a dressing gown, drinking a glass of red wine, smoking a cigar. Uh, which is, I think, just the ultimate Allardyce, being a man of absolute paradoxes. I don't think this is going to work either. And uh, City are minus 700, uh, which I think is uh, one to seven in fractions. Uh, so feels like there might be some value on City, honestly, at that price. don't understand how they would possibly lose uh, to Leeds. But uh, yeah, good luck to Leeds. I think it's a more interesting Premier League with Leeds in it. But, uh, but yeah, it certainly feels like they are going to go down uh, and hopefully... Hopefully your hammers stay up, Tom. Uh, thanks so much for joining, mate. Can you tell people what you're working on?
2: Uh, yes. So you'll be able to hear my podcast, Week in the Tackle, right now. That's available wherever you get your podcast. You can watch the show on YouTube as well. I'm hosting Grumpy Pundits on SiriusXM FC Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Across the USA, I'll be doing play-by-play commentary for Talk Sports International team uh, all around the world, uh, the USA, Canada, Mexico. Um, find out our partners there, Sirius XM being one of them. And you can find me on Twitter as well, at Thomas J. Rennie. That's loads of ways. You've got no excuses not to.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Tom. And uh, and good luck to your hammers. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did
1: it. You stumped this charming devil. What if millions of Black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremang Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only Black Americans
3: who ever was.
1: I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of Black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts
0: All right, before we bring in Drew Dinsick and Brad Thomas, talk about best bets for the weekend in the Premier League. A reminder to download the Rotoworld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. All right always fun chatting to Tom. Let's bring in Drew and Brad, Drew Dinsick from uh, a terminal in uh, LAX, which is uh, one of my three least favorite airports. Right um, he is headed to Kentucky, where I'm about to head as well. We're going to do the show, uh, I think, on site tomorrow, or well, anyway, from the state of Kentucky. We'll see. Brad, good to see you too as well, mate. Let's uh, talk about the relegation market to start, Southampton a minus 10,000 to get relegated. That's <laughs> no good. Uh, Leeds a minus 189. Everton minus 162. Forrest also at a minus number. And then you've got City and then uh, Tom's Hammers a 33 to 1. Uh, Brad, who do you think goes down?
3: Oh, man, <clears throat> I actually think this pricing is pretty accurate. Um, Southampton, um, Leeds, and... Man, I would—I gotta say, Everton. If you think about it, Forest—they—they play pretty well at home. Um, Leicester City has Jamie Vardy, who is going to will himself, even if it kills him, for his club to stay up. Even if this is his last uh, season with Leicester City, and Southampton are god awful. Luckily, I'm on Southampton already and leads from preseason. Uh, so, I, I, I yeah, I'm gonna go with those three.
0: Yep, I like that. Drew, any any best
1: bet on the board here out of
3: this? Well, market?
0: I'm,
1: I'm going to try not to get uh, too excited. That uh, interview with Tom was unbelievably entertaining, was. <laughs> and uh, his case about Leeds uh, and the misfit uh, was pretty, couldn't say it any better than, than he did. Uh, so I'm, tr- I'm going to try not to get too excited because I have a leads to get relegated ticket at plus money price that I'm pretty excited about. But uh, I think this comes down to Everton versus Nottingham for the third spot. And right now I'm going to lean Nottingham, although I give them credit for some more spirited performances as of late. Uh, Everton, for what it's worth, uh, I think they can get enough draws down the home stretch to just, you know, poke their head ahead. Uh, Leicester for me is is clear at this point. I think they're going to get a couple more wins here down this home stretch. But uh, I, you know, I think, I think Nottingham is your third team and uh, this is, it's a weak, uh, weak lean for me. Yep. Okay.
0: Brad, best bet of
3: the weekend. What do you got? I'm going with Liverpool versus Britford and I'm taking both teams to score and over two and a half goals. Um, this has just been like an auto bet uh, for any Liverpool match. Uh, that's hitting six out of seven. And what's crazy about it is it's not necessarily how great Liverpool's attack has been. We know they're getting healthier. um, So now they have the full complement of Jota, Diaz, Nunez, Salah, Gokbo. It's actually how bad their back line has looked. Uh, Tom Rennie said it best. Virgil van Dijk has been basically a shell of himself. And then Brentford, they concede goals on the road and they score Ivan Tony has been great. He's a great spot taker, and they know how to score off set pieces. So I think the price is right there. It was a little close to plus money uh, last night. I haven't checked it since, but I would still probably play it all the way up to minus 110.
0: Okay, yeah, Liverpool defense, not uh, what it was in previous years. Drew, uh, I make it a similar price to Southampton to get relegated that Crystal Palace will be a part of your best (laughs) 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 bet. Palace is back, Jay.
1: Did you see them versus the Hammers? That 4-3 win was huge. It was huge. Palace is back. Uh, yeah, after a little bit of an exhale, they get themselves out of any kind of relegation trouble. They have a couple of speed bumps, but they are back now. They're on the right, they're right, right track. And I got to tell you what, uh, Spurs have been miserable, keeping teams off of the scoreboard so far. This particularly late in the season here, so uh, I think you're going to see both teams to score. I looked very hard at over 2.5. I was shopping around prices for over 2.5, but then when I saw both teams, the score was minus 130, almost the same price. It really just didn't compute to me because I think either of these teams live to get 2-3 goals, uh, and realistically, uh, I, w- I would look at um, the fact that the past performances between these two, uh, you know, with a kind of alternating clean sheets is not really indicative of the form or the style of play that both teams are, are bringing to the table right now. Uh, I could see both teams to score getting home by first half here, but uh, minus 130 is not the correct price for me. I would make this closer to minus 150. So BTTS uh, for me between Crystal Palace and uh, the Spurs. Okay. I love it. The Crystal Palace segment, another installment.
0: <laughs> uh, I am. This is a It's a bet that makes you nervous. Uh, it's like betting on Steph Curry under threes, but I'm bet taking Man City leads under three and a half goals. Leeds may not cross the halfway line uh, in this game. I think that Allardyce is just going to absolutely park the bus. He made a point in his intro press conference that we need to stop needing to score two goals to win games. Uh, which is pretty ominous. Uh, so I think that even if they don't really have the personnel, uh, I think that they are going to do whatever they can to keep this a low-scoring game. Goal difference is important for Leeds as well. They're very neck-and-neck neck with Everton. So feels like a City 3-0 uh, win for me. Uh, so I think that they will be able to mitigate the damage a little bit. Um, but, you know, it could get ugly. But I think that uh, the 3-0 uh, is about right. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining. Safe flying to you, Drew. I'll see you in the state of Kentucky uh, a little bit later. Brad, I'll see you when I do. Thanks again to Tom Rennie. And don't forget to check out NBC Sports Edge for more information to help you with your wages. We'll be back tomorrow. Cheers.